Welcome back. I'm Graham Richardson. Glad you're with us. All eyes on Alberta. Quite a debut for Danielle Smith, the new premier of Alberta, as she takes over leadership of her party. A bit of an extraordinary news conference, to say the least, but a new tone, that's for sure. That is what our War Room political panel is going to deal with. Let me be perfectly clear. Putting out misinformation. And we hear that. Misleading politics. What's really important here. Spreading it online. Unequivocally. The War Room. I just want to start with some of the sound from yesterday. Uh, we, of course, have uh, our War Room here. Zane Velji in uh, Alberta, Tom Mulcair and Tim Powers. Welcome to you all. This is Daniel hey, Smith. Hey, this is Daniel Smith yesterday on just setting the tone on health care. So this is a management problem. It is not a problem with our frontline workers. Our frontline workers need to be supported. And when it happens in a, in a business, when they fail to meet targets and they fail to meet direction, you change the management. And so that's what we're going to do. We're, we're going to change the management. New tone there, to say the least. This particular piece of audio and video getting a lot of attention, too. I don't think I've ever experienced a situation in my lifetime where a person was fired from their job or not allowed to watch their kids play hockey or not allowed to go visit a loved one in long-term care or hospital or not allowed to go get on a plane to either go across the country to see family or even travel across the border. So they have been the most discriminated against group that I've ever witnessed in my lifetime. Zane Velji is, of course, a strategist uh, at Northweather, formerly worked with Nahid Nenshi and Alberta NDP leader Rachel Motley. Uh, Zane, what did you think of that? <laughs> what didn't I think of that? I mean, mm. uh, listen, <laughs> there's so much to say that has been said, but maybe one insight I can offer is Danielle Smith and her history here. This has been an individual who's not just been in tol- politics, but has been in the media for a very long time. And mm-hmm. similar to, and I know people are going to hate this, similar to Donald Trump, she knows how to get a headline and she knows exactly what she's doing. What she did yesterday in that 90 minutes was put out the fire hose. And what that ultimately means is that because there's so much she has put out there, uh, her opponents have to pick up what exactly is useful, can actually be persuasive, they should actually go after, or what they should ignore. And what that lets her do is continuously roll downhill, put out different uh, talking points on a daily basis, put out different policies, put out different positions. It's almost like she's been a talk radio show host for a very long time. Yeah, she has. Flooding the zone, right? exactly the point. Flooding the zone. exactly that. Hey, I'm just going to put out an opinion there. Oh, you like that? Well, I'll give give you another segment on that. It's okay. Oh, you you, you got more calls and texts? Sure. Like throwing, okay, it didn't fly. Let's just throw something else out there. That instinct is exactly what we saw at the stage yesterday. And that is the instinct that we have seen with Danielle Smith over the last decade in Alberta politics, which is she will pick a topic, she'll double down, triple down, and if it doesn't have any political use to her, she'll just put it off to the side and find another one. So today it's firing the entire board of the AHS or getting rid of our chief medical officer of health. It's maybe diluting how she talks about the Sovereignty Act. It's talking about the unvaccinated. This is going to happen. This is our new cycle. We're just entering into it. And we've seen this movie play out in the United States. And Daniel Smith might be the first one to show a screening of it here in Canada. And Tom Mulcair, <laughs> it, worked, it worked for Donald Trump. And it's, as a reporter covering this, what do you pick? And that's the idea because she's hitting different audiences. What did you make of it? Well, it's a bit about this is the most discriminated against group that I've seen in my lifetime. Think about that for one second. Mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, residential school system, 
Who cares? Head tax on Chinese workers who built the railroad? Meh. People who could not get into a hockey game. Now that's discrimination. Uh, right. She would defend that's... herself. She would defend herself and say, I said in my lifetime. I don't know how well, old she is. She's actually, in her 50s. Black I think, Lives right? Matter. Yes, fair enough. Is fair enough. In her lifetime. Yes, yes. The residential school system yes, definitely was yes. still running in her lifetime. Absolutely. And so, yeah. you know, let, let's call it as <laughs> take it is. Two fair enough. But, but the other thing is, too, as a politician, compare her to Jason Kenney. Now, the funny thing about Kenny is he could never please the base that she's absolutely tickling pink with, with lines like that. Kenny actually knew how governments worked. He'd been a senior minister, he knew what works and what doesn't work. Danielle Smith doesn't have a clue about how government works. So she's going to fire everybody who runs the hospital system. Great. And you're going to mm. replace them with Ooh. oil company executives, yeah. right? Yeah. And and they're just going to scream at nurses as if they're, uh, you know, th- they're working in the oil fields. This is the absurdity of this type of facile populism. It leads nowhere. So when nothing changes whatsoever, because nothing will in the hospital system, because Danielle Smith doesn't have any ideas about what to actually do to fix anything, then people are going to say, yeah, what's the problem? And then she'll go right back to the basics, which is complaining about everybody else. So it's because the federal government is involved and it's healthcare and it's provincial and they shouldn't be there and all the rest of the nonsense. Look, I think that she, in the first couple of days, is showing that this is going to turn into a gong show. Uh-huh. Someone, someone, someone else would call it another kind of a show, but we can't say that yes, on radio. Exactly. Uh, that's, why I, that's why I went for gong, gosh. gong. Uh, Tim Powers, you're, uh, uh, you, you know, and knew uh, Jason Kenny, uh, not, not, not conservative enough. Jason Kenny for Alberta. That to me is my my conservative relatives in Alberta, who uh, were, you know, card carrying. Yep. They don't know what to do. They don't know what to do. Um, and they think Rachel Notley has a very good shot here. Yeah, I, I mean, it's 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 just gone to the other extreme. Look, I used to do Danielle's show from time to time, and right. Zing nailed it. She's a shock jock, and she was great at it. Mm-hmm. She was really good at it. The challenge she's going to have is the high she's getting off of you know, stoking flames right now uh, is going to lead to the same fate for her potentially as it did to Jason Kenney, who, as Tom said, actually knew government. She's going to burn her own house down again. Uh, I mean, you can only go on with this for so long before even the people who are cheering you on and saying, go, Danielle, go, realize you haven't done anything. And one thing I know about Alberta, not as well as Zane or you, given your your ties there, Graham, is they're a proud people too, right? They're not going to want to be embarrassed. And if they get the sense that Danielle is reaching too far, not achieving what she's talking about, the shock jock is going to electrify her. Mm-hmm. And, and Zane, and Graham, I might, go ahead. I'm going to just make a quick point there on, on Jason Kenney, because I think it's really important. In some ways, Jason Kenney may not have been too conservative, but I don't think it's for Albertans. It's for the UCP membership. And that's really yeah. important for us to understand. Yeah. Danielle Smith here was elected by finding the most fringe viewpoints within the UCP membership, a minority within a minority, and catering to that. So, yes, for this political party, uh, Jason Kenney was not uh, conservative enough. But for Albertans writ large, this is inherently the problem. People have been tribally conservative here for forever. In fact, you'd say that that is the majority point of view, being tribally conservative. But this ideological, rabid, you know, um, at, at, at no uh, cost or expense to just being ideologically conservative, 
that's not what this place is. So it's a really Mm -hmm. fascinating tension. And one thing I will look at that I would encourage folks from across the country to look at is look at the rhetoric now on the Sovereignty Act. Just see how she's dialed it down. She's now saying she's going to play within the bounds of of federal law. Of course she is. They're Canadians. They're Canadians. So so here's the question. Right? Here's the question then, Graham. Here's the question. Does the membership that elected her into this position, that wanted this strident ideological version of conservatism to play out in this Petri dish known as Alberta, what do they do? Because I suspect, and I'm not fortune telling here, that the, the, the troubles within the conservative party are not done for this and next calendar year, because there is a large group of people that will either rebel against Danielle, and there's another group of people sitting on their hands saying, sure, she's our premier, but she's not really our premier, the more moderate folks within this party. The drama is just starting, especially as it relates to the conservative infighting. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. i got to go to break. Uh, you're coming back after the break. We're going to finish off in Alberta because I love talking about it, and it's the hottest political story, I think, this week so far, with the exception maybe of Hockey Canada. Oh, <laughs> you know, like they just dragged it out and dragged it out. We all knew this train was going to wreck. It's just, they, they kind of slowed the brakes and let it, let it, let it pile up on the tracks for months. We'll talk about Hockey Canada and more Danielle Smith when we come back in just a moment with our War Room political panel. Welcome back. I'm Graham Richardson. We're with our political panel. Just a quick pause. A very sad story. South Simcoe police have identified the two police officers killed last night in Ontario, just north of Toronto. Devin Northrup was 33. Constable Morgan Russell, 54. Northrup, six years on the force. Uh, Russell had more than uh, 33 years on the force. And uh, we will be continuing to cover that in the news. wanted to shift back to uh, talk of the change in Alberta and Tom Mulcair uh, you have faced populists and conservatives before. Is Daniel Smith different? Uh, is she similar to Pierre Polyev or or a version of it? Well, Polyev actually has some experience running things. He didn't do a very good job of it. And now that he talks a lot about freedom, it's worth reminding people that voting is considered one of those basic freedoms in our democratic society. And he was doing his best to make it hard for people at the bottom rung of the social economic ladder to be able to vote. So, I mean, that's Pierre Poitier's track record, but at least he knows. Sorry, what are you referencing there? What do you mean by that? Oh, this was his electoral reform bill that Ah, he was asked to bring in by Stephen Harper. Mm -hmm. And it was actually going to make it harder to to use a simpler term to, to, for for poor people, people didn't have access to the same type of documents that he was going to be requiring. This is a standard technique for voter suppression. So you go after the voters on the other side, in this case, people who are less likely to vote conservative, and you make it harder for them to vote. That's what he was all about. It was so bad that he had to back down, even Harper had to back down. So that's his track record. But at mm-hmm. least he knows where the sharp furniture is in the room, uh, in, in terms of government, he knows how it works. Whereas Danielle Smith is coming into this thing, lobbying grenades and just saying, you know, let's see if this does something. Let's see if something blows up here. And so that sounded so good, you know, that, oh, we're just going to fire everybody who runs the hospital system. Yeah, sure. That's about as serious as your sovereignty act. Oh, by the way, you've backed away from that because you know that everybody in the banking sector and every law office and every big corporation in Alberta is saying, excuse me, we have to be able to rely on governments to have respect for the rule of law. And you still can't matters. make this stuff up on the fly. It yeah. still matters. Okay. Let's shift uh, to Hockey Canada. Why not? Um, Tim Powers. Uh, <laughs> another, is, another gong show. This was a gong show. You know, I, I, I think about, the, I think about the, the time wasted as they held on, Tim. And uh, this seemed inevitable to me when there was a disclosure of a fund that was secretly 
settling sexual assault lawsuits that they didn't tell anybody about, uh, wasn't it? Wasn't it inevitable that we'd come to this point? Except everybody in the room, I guess. Yeah. Uh, a few things, Graham. Um, I, I want to tell you, the lights remained on in the arena, contrary to what um, the former <laughs> chair, Andrew Skinner, said. I was at the arena last night with my B3 novice team, and everybody was <laughs> flying around, though lots of parents were talking about the resignations that that had happened at the time. I, I'd say a few things, and, and you know this as well from the hockey culture. Um, I, I think there was a group of people in there who, for all, for all intents, and I know some of them, as I said before, good people, but who were lost, uh, who had a bit of a siege mentality, um, who wanted to fight to the end because that's what you do in a hockey game, uh, but didn't realize the end had come sooner uh, for them than than they they could understand. The problem with what they ended up doing is the brand damage they've done to Hockey Canada and what that may or may not mean for the organization going forward. The game's going to be fine. I can tell you that again from last night. The game was always going to be fine, and mm-hmm. I think that's the thing I'd end on. Nobody's bigger than the game, not even Hockey Canada. It took them a while to get there. I just do feel, though, there are good, well-meaning volunteers who were there. They just sometimes good people have their time, and other good people have to come on board. They finally realized it. Hopefully the damage is not uber significant to the organization and the sport. But Zane, if you're, to Tim's point, the damage, if you're Tim Hortons or Scotiabank or any of these big corporate people, it's going to be like, why would you release that money again? Even if there is a new organization, wouldn't you just be reluctant to do that given the stain that this has left? Because it's not over. London is not resolved. The players have not been named and the police investigation is not over. The second police investigation. You're holding your money. You're holding your money. You Brand matters so much today, especially in this extremely fickle environment where folks are switching over to different brands constantly. Uh, and so positive association, even multiple degrees away from your brand is super important. Negative association, similarly, you want to you weather against it. So I suspect that this organization is more than likely done. I suspect that the brands associated with it are either going to hold their money or, or de-risk and still invest in the sport in, in, in small chunks or maybe with the women's program or at more grassroots levels. And I think that's going to be welcome news to a lot of hockey parents across the country, a lot of individuals perhaps who haven't had the opportunity to play the game because of its cost prohibitive nature in some ways. Um, I also think, you know, maybe just building on, on Tim's point here, and I think Tim and I maybe share a kinship here with providing strategic counsel to organizations, is that often what seems obvious in the advice that's given, how many times have we seen a client just say, no, I'm not going to do that? And I think here in the public eye, it seems so obvious to everyone how this movie would end, how this script would ultimately be written before it was fully written. And I think that there's a good chance, not to say I have any inside knowledge, that it was obvious to everyone in the room, to Tim's point, that, that there was advice perhaps given. And many times it's that simple advice saying, we've seen this one too many times, that organizations and clients want to refuse, saying we will be the fringe case, not the rule on this thing. We will actually buck the trend. Uh, and and it's, it's what looks like um, you know, a, a massive disconnection to where the public is at and to where this organization is at. And perhaps this was their last gasp and they knew it. Uh, but I think this organization is folding. I think the sponsors are not coming back mm. in the way they did. And I suspect that they're going to still remain involved, but perhaps in more um, smaller and grassroots ways. Tom O'Care, if I'm Andrew Skinner, uh, before that horrible appearance in front of the committee, maybe this wouldn't have been enough. 
We have heard loudly and clearly that we have not measured up, that this is a horrendous stain on the game. We have done one, two, three, or four things to make it better, and we hear you. Maybe that would have made the difference. And and she did not say that. She went the other way, and and maybe maybe it was too late anyway. I just I'm flabbergasted to this day that they didn't say that ever, and it's been yeah, going on for months. When she gave when she gave <laughs> Hockey Canada an A, and at the same time oh. took pains to add, and I'm a very tough marker. So right. It, right. it it was yeah. delusional. They were living in a bubble, and interestingly enough, because she did a lot of her press conference in French yesterday, I was doing French TV panel that I'm on, mm. and Minister Saint Onge had a smile on her face that she had trouble suppressing because she was very happy at the news. But then she said something very important. She said, by the way, there's federal money involved here and we're going to continue the audit and we're going to follow this money. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's something that they're onto. These are organizations that sit down at the international federation level. They work out tournaments. There are representatives. It is called Hockey Canada. It's got the brand of the country there. And I think that the federal government is going to have to think twice about how that works in the future because they were only putting in a small amount. I think they might want to up their stake and their responsibility for, for the name of Canada on our national sport. Tim, when I covered a long time ago, the Torino Olympics, and uh, I got to rub elbows with the big stars. They didn't do very well that year. But there in the bar was Bob Nicholson from Hockey Canada, hanging around with the millionaires. He was the insider of the insider. This group, I mean, to Tom's point about this audit, I wonder what they're going to find. I think it's going to be bigger than fancy rings and $5,000 dinners. I think there's lots to find here. Again, I have no knowledge of that, but no. certainly Hockey Canada knew its status. And again, having been with an NSO of lesser status, mm-hmm. we all look up to Hockey Canada uh, because they won. They had the most money. They had the brand recognition. Nobody's looking up to them today, unfortunately. Exactly. And, no, they're going to be they're going to be the reference, Tim, in the future. Yep. Anytime something completely mucks up institutionally or organizationally, the the biggest insult you're going to be able to come up with is, "Doesn't this remind you of of Hockey Canada?" You know, it's it's going to be case that study. sort of yeah, yeah exactly study. that yep. sort of reference point. Yeah. Exactly, not the one you want. Uh, Zane no. Valji, Tom Mulcair, Tim Powers. I'm on the clock here. I got to go. Great to talk to you all. Thanks so much. <laughs> Talk to you next week. All right. There we go. Uh, Daniel Smith and Hockey Canada. Fascinating in Alberta. Fascinating. I love talking about that.